Viva and Tessa, there you are. Viva and Tessa, your Divrei Torah were both really emotionally insightful and nuanced and mature. From the fear, fear of failure to the value and perils of complaint, you took on topics that everyone can relate to in a way that brought us to another level of understanding. Your two messages also go together really beautifully. Let's start with you, Aviva. You're saying that complaining isn't necessarily bad. If it's emotional, habitual, and not about conditions that can change, then it can lead to negativity and inaction. But if it's reasoned, and especially if it's actionable, it can draw attention to what's unacceptable and inspire change. And then Tessa, you're talking about a specific instance of complaint. You're talking about Moses complaining to God about the burden of leadership and about the weight of responsibility that he has on his shoulders to lead 600,000 former slaves, not only to their freedom, which he does successfully, not only to their moment of revelation, but now through an arduous journey in the wilderness. He is exhausted, and as you so sensitively assessed, he is afraid of failure. Some of the most effective complaints are those that call for help, and that's where you left off. You talked about him needing help. When we complain, we're communicating to someone else that conditions or the situation we find ourselves in is unsatisfactory, unsustainable, or unbearable. Sometimes the person who hears our complaint doesn't have the power to change those circumstances. And all they can do is hear us or comfort us. But sometimes the person we complain to, or in the case of the Israelites in Egypt or Moses in our parsha, the deity we complain to, does have the power to change the conditions that are unbearable to us. And when our complaint allows the listener to help us, and they choose to help us, two immediate things happen. First of all, they are empowered. They are able to take action that makes a difference. And second, we get relief. The Israelites get freed from bondage. Moses gets 70 new elders to share the burden and alleviate the risk of failure. Why then are so many of us so reluctant to ask for help? What gets in the way? What are we afraid of? Let's see if we can gain any insights from this story of Moses asking for and getting help, which follows the section that you focused on, Tessa. In the verses that you taught from, Moses says to God, I cannot carry this people alone, for it is too much for me. If you would deal with me thus, kill me. Rather, I beg you, and let me see no more of my wretchedness. This is pretty dramatic, and I understand why you focused on this. You can feel that he is beyond all limits, utterly weary and defeated. Now, I'm not saying that any of us would do better in his situation. I would not want to be leading 600,000 people through the wilderness. But if we're taking this as a case study to learn from, there are two things that I think Moses could have done better in, in, the, in the realm of complaint. First, why did he wait until he was ready to die to complain? Wasn't there a point a little bit earlier when he was just mildly suffering? when he could have spoken up. And I raise this because I think many of us can relate to this. How often do we wait until we are completely past our limits to say anything? And often by the time we do, we're overly dramatic and emotional. We're less likely to be able to point to the specific reasons for our complaint, as you talked about, Aviva. And we're less likely to be able to name what we need. And that links to the second potential improvement in Moses' complaint. Note that Moses did not directly ask for help. He didn't say, I can't do this on my own. Please appoint people to help me. Instead, it was implied, and gratefully God understood. And, 
gave him what he was asking for. But even better would have been if he could have said, this is too hard for me. Can you please appoint people to help me? That likely would have been more possible if he'd asked earlier when it was less dire. So maybe Moses was slow to complain because he felt like he should have been able to do it on his own. Maybe he thought God expected that of him after all. Maybe he felt that it, was, it meant that there was something wrong with him, something lacking, that it meant he was a failure. That was your perspective, Tessa. Maybe he wanted to hide that he was struggling because he was afraid of God's judgment or of the people's judgment. Don't we sometimes do that? Don't we want to sometimes show other people that we're strong and capable and not want other people to see, think that we're weak or needy or a failure? Maybe if he was afraid, maybe he was afraid that if he said what he needed, God would say no. And then where would he be? It's vulnerable to admit that you need help. And then if the other person doesn't want to help you in the way that you're asking, you might feel both weak and isolated. Maybe Moses thought that it was safer to hint at it and hope that God would understand what he needed. Don't we sometimes do that? Don't we sometimes hint around our needs instead of saying them directly because it's just too scary to say them? It's also possible that he took a long time to complain because he didn't even know that he had reached his limits. Maybe he wasn't good at identifying his limits. Maybe we can relate to that too. You're going along telling yourself, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then suddenly you realize, I am not fine. Critiques of Moses aside, his complaint effectively was a cry for help, and it worked. And God tells Moses to identify 70 elders and bring them to the tent of meeting and to have them take their place with him there. And God says, I will draw upon the spirit that's on you and place it upon them, and they shall share the burden of the people with you, and you shall not bear it alone. And God does this. God shares this special spirit that is on Moses. And all of the 70 elders start to speak in prophecy they now have some of Moses' power. This points to another reason why we might be reluctant to ask for help. Moses might have worried that he'd become less special. When it was just him alone possessing God's spirit, along with that great burden came uniqueness. Moses was extraordinary. No one else was like him. I'm sure that everyone marveled at his special relationship with God and the special spirit that was upon him. And now it was shared. Don't we sometimes fear this when we're asking for help? We give up being a hero. We give up standing out as exceptional. We give up being the one who can do it all on their own. Maybe even being a martyr. When we let other people in to help us, they take on both the burden and the credit of any accomplishments that come. It might seem that we'll be a little more ordinary and a, little, and a lot more vulnerable. And here is where Moses' character really shines through. Because when two people who are not among the 70 elders start to speak in prophecy, Joshua, Moses' protege, gets alarmed. He says, how dare they? Who do they think they are, basically, is what he says. But Moses says to him, are you wrought up on my account? Would, would that all of Adonai's people were prophets, that Adonai put the divine spirit on all of them, and here we see what makes Moses truly exceptional. It is not that he has something that others don't. It is that he has no desire to guard his special status. Instead, he understands that everyone will be better off. He too will be better off if they share it with him. And that is the ultimate reason why we should ask for help. What makes us strong is not our ability to do it alone. 
What makes us strong is our ability to do it together. The more shared skills, the more shared experience, the more shared status, the more shared communication, the more shared burden, the more shared credit, the more shared failures, and the more shared accomplishments, the stronger we all are. And even though Moses wasn't the greatest at asking for help, he did understand that. What if we could all understand that as well? How much better our world would be. Shabbat shalom.